All right, Tabose, let's begin. So, beautiful new daf today. It's always a beautiful new daf. Today's daf is Chof Dalit. Chof Dalit. So, Baruch Hashem, we're starting a new parak today. A lot of exciting new new ideas. Says the Mishnah. Start, we're starting the Mishnah, Chof Gimel Amud Beis. Arusa Vishomeres Yavam. Tabose, if you have an Arusa, so remember again, Arusa is a woman who's experienced heiress and betrothal. So, what happens? Arusa Vishomeres Yavam. Shemar Sarah also remembers a woman who's waiting for Yibam, meaning her husband died without children. Husband died without children. She is waiting for her, her husband's surviving brother, her brother-in-law, to go ahead and do Yibam or to do Yibam. So what's Talacha? Lo shosos velo not los ksuva. So we'll say in this case over here, let's see I have a following situation. An Arusa, an Arusa goes ahead and a woman who's in Arusa is warned by her husband. Because remember, after Irisin, the husband, man and woman, are husband and wife. Just again, without Nisun, they're not permitted to go ahead and live together. But technically speaking, if let's say the Arusa were to have relations with a man who is not her husband, that would be, that, that's adultery. So now in this situation over here, in Arisin, the husband is warning his wife not to be alone with another man. So to in Shomeras Yavam, she's waiting for Yibam, and the Yavam is warning her not to be alone with another man. So what's Talacha? Now she violates the warning. So what's Talacha? Lo shosos. These women do not drink the waters. Below not los ksuvasa. Now listen, here's the interesting part. In situations like this, we're going to see a number of cases like this, where there was kinui, there was a warning, and there was a violation of the warning, but because of technicalities, the waters cannot be administered. Now in those situations where there was a warning, there was a warning, and there was a violation of the warning, but yet waters can't be administered, there's a mandated divorce. Because if there's warning, and the violation of the warning, but there's no clarification process, then by definition, the husband must go ahead and divorce his wife. What the Mishnah is telling us is, furthermore, she loses her ksuba. Take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, Because she, through her actions, has caused herself to become prohibited to her husband. Because she went ahead and she was alone with the man about whom she was warned. Therefore, again, case number one over here, as much as they cannot drink the waters, for reasons we'll see later on. Nevertheless, again, if they were warned and they violated the warning, then halacha again, divorce is mandated and there, she loses her ksuva. Next, Shina Emar, why doesn't she drink the water? Shina Emar, because the Pasuk says over here, Zos Torah Asher Tista Isha Tachas Isha. Says, what does that mean? These are the waters, this is the Sota process, Asher Tista Isha Tachas Isha, which literally means she has betrayed her husband for another man. So we will see again, the way the Gemara is going to dash in this is that Tachas Isha means that she's already living with her husband. So therefore, again, the only time that the Sota waters are administered is when she was living, she lived with another man when she should have been living with her husband. But in circumstances, again, where she was not yet permitted to live with her husband, i.e. Arusa, or again, Shomer Yavam, in those cases, the waters are not administered. So again, if Kinui works, Kinui begins the process. She violates the Kinui again. The only, there's, no, there's no way to be Mavara that. Therefore, divorce is mandated. And because she brought this upon herself, she loses her Ksuba. Next. Another interesting set of cases. What happens now in illegal marriages? 
illegal marriages. So an Amana marries a Kohen Gadol, right? Again, a Kohen Gadol marries a widow, which is Aser. Or Grusha Vechalutza, the Kohen Hedyot. Or a regular Kohen marries a Grusha Vechalutza, right? A divorcee or a woman who had Chalitza. So what's that? Or Mamzeres, Unasina Li Yisrael. Or Yisrael marries a Mamzeres and a Or Unasina. I also remember, again, Rashi points out, we've had this already a number of times, Nasina Rashi are the Givonim. So just very quickly, the Givonim were, were one of the indigenous nations of Canaan. When Yoshua marches in, they know they're going to be wiped out. So what happens? They disguise themselves as a foreign people. Yoshua makes a treaty with them, thinking that they're someone else. When it's discovered about their real identity, Yoshua realizes he can't backtrack on the treaty because he made the treaty. So instead, what does he do? He relegates them to the status of woodchoppers and water carriers and prohibits, again, there are certain limitations as to who they're permitted to marry. David, fast forward a little bit to the times of David HaMelech. David HaMelech ultimately, again, sees that the Givonim are of a certain barbaric and immoral nature and therefore decrees that they may not enter into the assembly of HaKadosh Baruch Hu at all. So they have the status of like Mamzerim. So let's say, again, a regular Yisrael marries a Nassim or a Mamzer. So again, Mamzer is when it's seen the Yisrael. Or Ubas Yisrael, the Mamzer Ule Or a Jewish woman marries a Mamzer Nassim. In all those cases, Rabbi say Lo Shosos, these women do not drink. Below note los kesuva, and they do not take their kesuva. Now, what does this mean? Take a look at Rashi. Lo shosos de lo neemra parsha ella beruuya lekaima vahachi tanya besifri kitiste ishto beruuya liishas akasim medaber pratla amana lekoingolos. Well, so the first thing the Mishnah tells me is that what sota process only applies when to legal marriages. Therefore, again, if it's an illegal marriage, and remember, I will say, how do we paskin with illegal marriages? We paskin, well, first of all, we paskin, they're not good. But again, but in addition to that, remember, again, Machlokis, Rabbi Akiva, and everybody else, but other not Kiddushin is Tovsim Bechayvei Lavin. So is, does, does Kiddushin work in an illegal marriage? Rabbi Akiva says, no. Rabbi Akiva actually says that every illegal marriage, even if just punishable by a love, ultimately produces mamzerim. We don't pask in that way. We pask in that Kiddushin Tovsim Bechayvei Lavin. That a Kiddushin works even in a case where it's punishable by a love, but it's us, sir. So therefore, what the Mishnah is teaching me is that the water, the Sota waters is only a process that is applied to a legal marriage. But if it's an illegal marriage, there's no drinking. However, Rashi says, Rashi says, Rashi points out over here, interestingly enough, without getting into it now, but again, we actually saw this in Ksuvas, that even in certain cases of illegal marriages, Chazal still provided the woman with a ksuva. So even if you assume for a moment that the woman in these illegal marriages is entitled to her ksuva, in this case over here, remember all of these cases where there was a kinui, there was a warning, there was a warning, and then there was violation of the warning. So the Mishnah is teaching me that again, in an illegal marriage, there is no drinking of the salta waters, and even if she was entitled to a ksuva, she loses that ksuva now. Why? Because her actions caused this situation by violation. Violating the warning. The Elu lo shosos velo note los ksuva. We'll say in the following are a list of women who do not drink, who do not drink, and they also don't receive their ksuva. Who is that? Haomer Tmeani. So we'll say, remember again, Sota process begins, and then a woman goes ahead and says, I am Tmeya. She says again, ultimately, I, I committed adultery. So in that case over there, we don't give her to drink, and she loses her ksuva. He has to divorce her, she loses her ksuva. Visha ba'ula edim, shehi Tmeya. Or witnesses came and said that she committed adultery. Or vaha'omeres eni shoseh. Or ultimately, if a woman says, I'm not drinking. So we'll say in all of these cases, in all of these cases, she doesn't drink, and she also forfeits her ksuva. Fine. Amr Baila, next case. Amr Baila, eni mashke. 
So listen to this. Let's say the husband says, I'm not, I'm not administering the water stir. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want her to go through this process. And listen, I remember he's a little, a little late to the party over here. Because remember, again, what's happened already? He's triggered the process. We're talking about a situation over here where he warned her. She violated the warning. Now, again, it's time for her to drink the waters. And the husband backpedals. He says, I don't want her to drink the waters. So what happens if the husband says again, any mashke or... Or for that matter, again, her husband had relations with her on the way to the base Hamikdash. So both say, so remember, in these cases, she's not going to drink. Case number one, she's not going to drink ultimately because he said. Remember, well, say this is what's interesting about Sota. See, one might have thought, one might have thought that in a case of Sota, so we would have thought that perhaps. Perhaps in a circuit, once the process is triggered, it's triggered. What we'll see, and we'll see this in the Gemara, is that's not true. It's only, it only goes forward as long as the husband pushes it forward. But if the husband does not push it forward, then the mice again, it stops. So again, similarly, Bala Abadarach will say in both of these cases, the reason why, the reason why she's not drinking is why? Is why? Because he's choosing not to administer the waters. In that case, Rabbi says, so what's Talacha? Not los ksuva, velo shosos. So in these cases, she does get her ksuba, but she does not drink. Look at Rashi. He causes her not to drink, either for, from his reluctance to administer the water or from having relations with her. Therefore, again, in that case, she gets her ksuba. Next. Yeah, no, no. These are cases he has to divorce her. Once you trigger the process and you go ahead and you violate the kino, he has to divorce her. Again, let, let me be absolutely clear on this. I said this before, but I want to restate it again. In all of these cases, once he's warned her and she's violated the warnings, even in cases where she cannot drink, the couple must get divorced because the absence of the water, the inability to drink the water means is inability to clarify whether or not adultery occurred. So in that case, with this, with this marital ambiguity, so the divorce must occur. The only shayla is, does she get her ksuva or not? This is a very important point. So the Gemara goes weiter. Mesubalin, this is a fascinating case. So let's say both say, again, same situation. Husband warned the wife, wife violated the warning. They're ready to do the sota process, drink the waters. Then what happens? Husband died. Husband died before he had a chance to go ahead and administer the waters. So Mesubalin, Achlo Shasu, Beishamai Omrim, Notlos Ksuva, Veloshosos. So Beishamai says, look, we'll say in that situation, then what happens? So obviously she can't drink because the husband's dead. And again, you know, not, this might sound strange, but it's the husband's fault. You know, he died. So he's the one who stopped the process. So as you see right in the Mishnah, any time that he's the one that holds the process, then Lamai says she is entitled to her ksuva. Take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, Maisu Balein shall call sotos hanestaros uruuyos lishtos v'lo hispiguli It says it in the plural because it refers to all of these cases, any case of sota, where she is ready to drink, she's ready to drink, and then the husband dies before he has, she has a chance to drink. So Beishamai so says, the process essentially stops, but because it stopped because of his death, ultimately she gets to, get, she gets to keep her, she gets her ksuva, and she doesn't drink so we'll say we'll see what this means in the Gemara. But Basil says no, she's got a choice. Either she drinks or she doesn't take her ksuba. Look at Rashi. Basil Omrim Kalomar So we'll say so we'll see what Basil actually means. Basil doesn't mean to say 
that she has a choice to drink. She doesn't have a choice to drink. Why does she have a choice to drink? Because once the husband's dead, the process ends. What Paisula essentially says is the inability to drink so still roots her in this marital ambiguity. And because of that, again, she may not take her ksuba. So Beshamai will say if the husband dies, process ends, process ends, but she takes her ksuba. Beisilo says husband died, it's true, but Lamai said there's still the ambiguity, and therefore again she doesn't get her ksuba. We'll say next case. We again, this is this is gonna be a little bit of a review from Ksuvas. So what's remember we learned in Ksuvas that Halokha Lamaisa, a man is not supposed to marry, literally we call it the, the widow of his friend or the divorcee of his friend if she is nursing or if she's pregnant. So if she's nursing again within, she's not supposed to marry a, a woman within two years if she's nursing and pregnancy as well. The fear is that if she's nursing, she, become, she could become pregnant again. And Chazal at least felt that, or at least it was the, the perceived belief of the time, that a pregnancy would diminish her milk supply, thereby putting her infant child at risk. Similarly, again, Mu'uberes Chabero, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, Shemes venicha mu'ubaras omenika, o shegir shavihim mu'ubaras omenika, v'asru chachamam dinasi at shehavlad ben beis shanim, shekach zman yinikaso, v'halach zeh v'nasa v'kina. So we'll say, so in these cases over here, these are women that you're not supposed to marry. Now again, they're rabbinically prohibited. They, these are not biblical prohibitions. These are rabbinic gazeros that are there to safeguard the needs of the child, either the child in utero or the child ultimately who's an infant. So let's say a person goes in and violates the dindir and marries what we call mu'ubaras chavero. His friends, we understand chavero is not literal. The idea is he marries, his friend dies, and is, leaves behind, a person, man dies, leaves behind the pregnant wife. Someone else comes and marries that pregnant wife or the woman who's nursing. What's that loka? Lo shosos v'lo not los ksua de Rabbi Meir. So Rabbi Meir paskins, I'm say, now again, remember, the case always plays out the same. Plays how? So he's married to her, he warns her, she violates the warning. Now what? So Rabbi Meir says, in this case, she doesn't drink and she doesn't get her ksuva. Why? Because what's Rabbi Meir's logic? Rabbi Meir's logic is, this is no different than any other case of illegal marriage. So what did we say before if the Kohen Gadol married an Amana, or ultimately, what, what, or, or somebody married a Mamzeres, in all the illegal cases, there's no drinking, because drinking only takes place in, in legal marriages. But again, because she violated the warning, there's no ksuva as well. The Chum, the Chum say, no, no, no. Yochulhu lafrisha say you can't compare this to the case of illegal marriages. Why? Because in this case, there's a remedy. What's the remedy? He could separate from her for two for 24 months, for after two years. And then again, and then he could go ahead and return. In other words, this is not an illegal marriage. It's just what? It's just it's temporarily inappropriate. But yet there's a remedy for it. The remedy for it is just allow for the passage of time and then he could resume a normal, a normal marital life together with her. So therefore, again, because that the Chachamim feel that this is not an illegal marriage, and therefore, again, now we'll have to see what the Chachamim mean. Does that mean are the Chachamim actually saying that therefore, again, she can drink? So that we'll see in the Gemara. Next. Islandess. What's this? this is another, these are really fascinating cases. So Islandess, what's an Islandess? Rashi says over here, Dukhra Nisa. An Islandess is a woman who exhibits male characteristics. Now what does that mean? Delo Yalda, Shemei Ima Nivraas Kach, Simani Isha. So she is a she's a woman. She's I mean anatomically she's a woman, but she fails to mature. She fails to mature as a woman. And therefore, again, Lamaisa, she's she's barren. 
She's married. She fails to maternal time. Okay, as woman, she's married. Islandess. Next case, Zikina. Zikina is a woman who's old and therefore again cannot bear children. Visha'ina ruuya lelate. And a woman who's unable to have children. I've also said, now what's the case over here? The case, Rashi says, Shaina ruuya lelate, right? Shashasas kos ikrin. So what happens? So Rashi's case over here is a woman who you know, uh, I guess lack of a better term, self sterilized. Right? She, she literally, they used to have, actually Rashi points out, Rashi points out at the end of Toldos, that in biblical times it was common that men had two wives, right? And why two wives? One was the childbearing wife, and one was the marital relations wife. So the, the, these were the two, the, the, don't try this at home, right? right? You understand? Right? So, so, the, 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 so therefore, again, so what happened? The woman who was just there for, for physical intimacy with her husband, so she used to drink rashes a kosher ikrin. They would drink some type of sterilizing potion that would prevent her from having children. The, the idea was that this woman would never become pregnant. She would preserve her figure. She would do everything. She, she, she was there for, a, for an intimate relationship with her husband. So that's the case of here. Rashi says over here is this Eneru Uya Leilid. Is this shishas, that's how Rashi brings this lashon over here. Shishasas kos ikrin. Now, what's the common denominator in all of these cases? Now, Rashi is something amazing. Now, this is fascinating. Mr. Schoenfeld, good morning. Just sneak in. Right? So, so what happens? So now, so now listen to this. So remember, over here what we're talking about, and this is fascinating, is we're talking about a man who does not have children who married one of these women. So let's say a man marries an islandess or a man marries an old woman, older woman who's not capable of bearing children, or he marries this woman who's sterile, can't have children. I both say, remember from our Ksuvis days, the halacha is that a man is not permitted to marry a woman with whom he cannot have children, because Lemaisa, again, the man has a din of Pirevarivia. In fact, remember again, the Gemarik Besechus Ksuvis said that if a man marries a woman like this, we force him to get divorced. So remember, we saw the Shulchan Aruch and Avana Ezra and Simon Gimel, right in Hilchos Peri Verivia, write that Dramach, so the Mechaber writes this, that if a man marries an islandess, a Zakanish, we force him to get divorced, so you have to marry a woman with whom you could put actually, obviously, we know, it's one of the maftechos that's in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. A person can marry a woman who could have children, but love dafka, that a person can be able to, but at least you have to be able, possibly, to have children. So the Mechaber actually paskins that we force him to get divorced. The Ramah comments on that, the Ramah says, Today, we don't get involved in these things, right? So today, people, people marry who they want to marry. But it's clear that the halacha says that a man should not knowingly enter, if a man has not yet been Mekayim Piriya Barivia, he should not knowingly or willingly enter into a marriage that does not have the ability to produce offspring. So once you see, here's a fascinating case. In this situation over here, you have a man that married one of these women with whom he cannot have children. So what happens? He warns her, he warns her that she may not be alone with another man. And what happens? She violates the warning. So Yavi is going to say that the Shaila is going to be over here. He's in an unsanctioned marriage. Is it Osir? I mean, it's not like marrying a Mamzeres. It's not like a Kohen Gadol marrying a Grusha. But at the end of the day, again, it's, it's quote-unquote an... The question is, do we call this an illegal marriage or not? So let's see. So the Gemara says, what's Talacha? In all of these cases, lo not los ksuva, below shosos. So we'll say, in this case over here, these women do not drink. These women do not drink. And therefore, again, what? They also do not go ahead and take a ksuva. So interestingly enough, you see that they are entitled to a ksuva, but because they don't drink, and we'll see why in the Mishnah Gemara they don't drink, so they don't drink, and therefore, again, they also lose their ksuva. Fine. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, 
This is not an illegal marriage. Why is it not an illegal marriage? Because you can always marry someone else with whom to have a family. There's always that second wife option for a period of Arivia. Therefore, inherently, this marriage is not illegal. Because it's not illegal, therefore, Rabbi would say that if she were to become a Sota, she would drink. And therefore, again, she is entitled to take her Ksuba as well. So the Gemara goes weiter. Shar Kalanashim, the rest of the rest of all women, meaning all the other cases, O Shosos, O Lo Not Los Ksuba. I will say in general, in every other case, a woman has a choice. If she's a confirmed Sota, when I say confirmed Sota, means she's been warned. She violated the warning. She has a choice. Either she drinks the water and, again, is able to exonerate herself, or if she refuses to, not to drink, husband must divorce her, and she loses her ksuba. The wife of a coin, again, whose Rebosa is warned, violates the warning, brought to the base, Amikdash, drinks, and is then permitted to her husband. So, we'll say, so Rashi points out, Pshita, Rashi says, isn't that obvious? The Gemara is going to discuss the novelty in this particular ruling. Aishas Sris. We'll say, again, the, the, these get into just such fascinating discussions. So, a Sris Rabosai is someone who is sterile, a man who is sterile, unable to have children. So, Aishas Sris. So, if a woman, so again, we'll discuss the ramifications of a woman marrying a Sris. And really, we'll have to discuss exactly what that means. Does Is this talking about a man who is sterile but can perform sexually, or a man who cannot perform sexually. So we'll discuss that in the Gemara. So Aisha Sris, so the wife of a Sris, Shosa. So she goes ahead and she drinks. In other words, she is subject to she is subject to the laws of Sota. Fine, we'll see in the Gemara. We'll clarify that in the Gemara. So we'll say next, Klal. Kol Arayos Mekanan. I will say, now this is fascinating. Now the Mishnah is going to discuss, and this is going a little bit out of order, the Mishnah is discussing who is subject to Kinui, meaning that who is, who is it that a man is permitted to warn his wife about? So meaning, who, who does this prohibition apply to? So the Gemara says, Mekan in law, um, I'm sorry, I just lost the place. Fine. Uh, you could warn her about any of the arayos. I will say, now what does that mean? Take a look at Rashi. We'll say, this is amazing. You see, we always think about the idea that kinui is with another man. Because again, that's, that's how we're thinking about adultery. The Mishnah actually teaches me that a man could warn her, his wife about being secluded with anyone, including the Arayos. For example, a man could say to his wife, I prohibit you from being alone with your father. From being alone with your father. Or from being, being alone with your brother. Any one of the Arayos, any one of the prohibited relations, relations, he is permitted to go ahead and warn her that she is prohibited to be secluded with these individuals. However, Chutz Minakatan, with the exception of, with the exception ultimately again of a katan, meaning he can't warn her against being alone with a katan. Now, we'll say again, now we'll have to define what kind of katan is that, because remember, remember from our Ksubis days, of course, right? right? Yeah, so remember again, there's a concept, bias katan, the bia of a child after nine years old is considered to be halachically significant. So, what are, is that what we're, ta- we're talking about? Below nine, above nine, 30, so we'll see in the Gemara what that means. Now this is a very cryptic statement here. And furthermore, again, he can't warn her against someone, being alone with someone who is not a man. So at first glance, it appears that what the Mishnah is saying over here is that there's no, there's no sota 
for lesbian activity. That, that's, that's what it sounds like, but we'll, have, we'll, we'll see in the Gemara. I know that's right, this is the way to start the day. You know, this is not right. So, right, so, 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 so again, so we'll see, we'll see in the Gemara ultimately what that means. In any event, the Gemara goes weiter. So the Elu Shebeizim Mekana. We'll say now this is like I told you. This is really amazing stuff because here, this Mishnah, this Mishnah is literally jam packed with information. So now the Gemara introduces the Mishnah through another concept, which is the Elu Shebeizim Mekana. We'll say there are some people, some situations where a husband cannot administer the warning himself, and therefore what? Therefore, Beizim does it on his behalf. Who are they? Mission is charish bailas. We also listen to the following situation: a situation where the husband now, t- typically, when you see the word charish and it's unqualified, charish usually means a deaf mute. So let's say the husband became the husband now. We'll say it has to be a case where the husband became a deaf mute because if the husband was always a deaf mute, then the marriage would not really be a binding marriage because the assumption is that a cherish a deaf mute does not have das. So assuming that he was a regular what we'll call a regular guy, and then he becomes a cherish. So what happens? He's unable to warn his wife. Let's say based in sees that his wife is engaging in inappropriate activity, they have the ability to what to warn the wife on the husband's behalf. So mission is charish baila. So osh nishtate, or the husband goes crazy. The husband is insane, and therefore again lacks mental capacity. Bazin has the ability to warn the wife, to, to literally to warn her not to be alone with someone else. Oh, Let's say the husband's in jail, so the husband's not present, but Bazin sees that the woman is behaving in an inappropriate way. They have the ability to go in and warn her. So now, what's the ramifications of these warnings? Understand that. Just because they warn her not to be alone with a certain man, if she violates that warning, that does not trigger the Sota waters. Because Sota waters can only be triggered how? By the husband himself. But what does this accomplish? But what this does accomplish, Elo Leposal Miksuvasa. The both say what this does do is the following that if Bazdin warns her and Bazdin says, You may not, we have seen your behavior and we say well, you cannot be alone with a particular man, and she violates that warning, husband will have to divorce her, and what? She loses her ksuva. So their warning can't trigger the actual sota process. They can't make her drink, but Lamaisa, again, they can make her lose her ksuva. Look at Rashi. They can't make her drink. So remember again, this warning can't allow Bezdin to make her drink, because Bezdin can't make her drink, nor does this warning work for the husband to make her drink, because the warning wasn't administered by the husband himself. But what the warning can do is the warning can make her lose so the Gemara goes weiter. So Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says, Afla hashkosa lechishiyetze bailam beisasurin yashkena. Well, so Rabbi Yossi has a very interesting shita. Rabbi Yossi says that the warning of Beisdin can go ahead and count as the husband's warning himself. And therefore, when he gets released from jail or if he's healed from any of these states, he can actually make her drink on the basis of this particular warning. Okay, we'll see weiter in the Gemara. Says the Gemara, Mishtahu deloshasya, we're going back to the first case. Remember how this all started? It started with a statement that an Arusa and a Shomeras Yabam cannot drink. Meaning, let's say a man has Arusin, 
or the Yavam is waiting to do Yibam with his sister-in-law, and what happens? He warns her that she cannot be alone with a particular man. She violates the warning. So what did the Mishnah Paskin? He cannot make her drink in these circumstances. There's no drinking in these circumstances. So the Gemara says, oh, what do you see from here? You see from here he can't make her drink. Hakinui mekanala. So we'll say he can't make her drink, but he can make her what? He can make her, go- the kinui, the warning, does work. So interestingly enough, this is a situation where you can begin the process of Sota, you could warn her, and if she violates the warning, there will be repercussions, maybe she'll lose her ksuba. Lemaise, just as a technicality, you can't give her to drink. So the warning works, drinking, no. Where do we know this from? The because we learned, Speak to the Jewish people, and you will say unto them. Now, both say, now that word is extra. Once it says, I already know I'm speaking to the Jewish people. Why does it have to say, and you shall say? Comes to teach us that what? That an Arusa and a Shomeras Yavam are subject to a Sota warning. Meaning that the Yavam and the, the Yavam and the Aros could warn their Yavama and wife, but yet what? But yet they can't make them drink. So the warning works about saying that if there's violation of the warning, she becomes a surah to him. And because there is no clarification process of the waters, he must divorce her, and she loses her ksuva. But no drinking. Umas nisin money, who's the pain does our Mishnah reflect? Remember again, so the Mishnah is also seems to echo the same statement, namely, that there is warning, but there's just no drinking. So money mas nisin, Rabbi Yonasani, it's Rabbi Yonasan. What does Rabbi Yonasan say? Tisanya, tachas isheikh, because the Pasuk says again, remember, you, talking about the Sota, so the Pasuk says, Asher tista isha tachas, I'm sorry, tachas isheikh, that she committed adultery while under her husband, living with her husband, prat la arusa. So we'll say, so the Brainsa says, tachas isheikh comes to exclude what? Comes to exclude narusa. And we'll say, now why do we exclude narusa? Because we say Arusa is not Tachas Sheikh. Tachas Sheikh seems to have an, an idea that she's living with her husband. And Arusa is not yet living with her husband. So I would have thought that I would also exclude a Shomeris Yavam from this case. Meaning that a Shomeris Yavam should also not be subject to the laws of Sota. Therefore the Pasuk says Ish Ish to tell me that what? That a, a, a Yavam has the ability to give the Shomeras Yavam the Mesota to drink. Give Rabbi Yoshia. So both say, Rabbi Yoshia holds that an Arusa, that an Arusa is not included in the drinking of the waters. Rabbi Yoshia holds that a Shomeras Yavam does drink. So according to Rabbi Yoshia, if a Yavam warned his Yavama not to be alone with a particular man and she violates the warning, she would drink. Dear Rabbi Yoshia, she's Rabbi Yoshia. On the other hand, Rabbi Yonason, Rabbi Yonason says, Tachas Isheikh. When the Pasuk says, underneath your husband, prat yavam. This comes to exclude that a shomeras yavam does not drink because she's not yet living with her husband. Yotzi shomeras yavam v'lo otzi esarusa. Simarathara should only exclude a shomeras yavam, not exclude an arusa. Talmud lomar asher tiste isha tachasisha. Prat la arusa. Therefore, the Pasuk comes to exclude an arusa as us. Well, so listen to this. So fundamental machlog is Rabbi Yoshe and Rabbi Onasan. Here's what they agree on. They both agree that an arusa does not drink. What do they disagree on? Shomeras Yavam. Rabbi Yoshia says that Shomeras Yavam, she violates the warning, drinks. And, Reb, and Rabbi Yonasan says that a Shomeras Yavam does not drink. Says the Gemara. Before Yibam, correct. Shomeras Yavam means she's waiting for something to happen. So Mar Ali Male Arusa. So we'll say, see, here's what's interesting. So according to one opinion, Mar, which is Rabbi Yonasan, he holds Ali Male Arusa. He holds that the bond of Erisin is stronger than the bond of Yibum. How so? 
Vikidushe Dide, Visoklin Al Yado. Because number one, why is why is Iris and stronger? Sarah's and stronger, number one, because it's the man himself, it's the husband himself who's affected this bond. Furthermore, if she has relations with another man, there is skila, which means tantamount to adultery. Umar Alimale Shemar but the other holds that Shemar Selim is a stronger bond. Why? Because what's missing? There's the because essentially I will say all that has to happen is what? Is Bia. Is Bia. Rabbiona's son, high ish ish my avadeh. So remember again. So now you have Rabbiona's son who holds that neither a shomeras yavam nor an arusa drink. So Rabbiona's son, what does he do with the pasuk of ish ish, which is the pasuk that according to the Rabbi Yosha uses to teach me that a shomeras yavam does drink? My avadeh, mi I'm sorry, mi barile. The rabbos eishes cherish, the eishes shota, the eishes shamum. It comes to include the fact that a woman who is married to a cherish, a deaf mute, or a woman who is married to a shota which is someone who's insane, crazy, and Shamum, both say, Shamum is a state greater than Shota. So literally even lacks more mental capacity or has less mental capacity. So both say, see, he comes to include that in these cases, Beisdin warns the woman on behalf of the husband. I Rabbi Yoshia, hai tachas yishamai avidle. What does Rabbi Yoshia, remember both say, what does Rabbi Yoshia hold? Rabbi Yoshia holds that what? Again, what's Rashida's Rabbi Yoshia? He holds that an Arusa doesn't drink, but what? A Shomeras Yabam does. So what does he do with the Pasak Tachasisha, which Rabbi Yonason uses to exclude the Yav, Shomeras Yabam? My Abidle, Mi Boile, Lahakish Ishli Isha, the Isha the Ish. Oh, Bosai, he uses this Pasak to teach me that in certain matters of Sota, a man is compared to a woman, and a woman is compared to a man. What, ma- what aspects of Sota? To be, de- to be determined. We'll see that later on. But I will say the reason why we get into this discussion is because the, because the psukim are memayit. The psukim exclude narusa. Ha love haki. Without the psukim, what becomes clear? Hava amina arusa shasya. But say here's what's interesting. Remember, let's let's talk about not what we disagree and what we agree on. What do Rabbi Yosher and Rabbi Yonason agree on? What do they agree on? Both say that a that narusa doesn't drink. That's what they agree on. The machlokis is only by Shomeras Yavam. Rabbi Yoshiol's Shomeras Yavam drinks. Rabbi Yonasahol's Shomeras Yavam does not drink. But they both agree that an Arusa does not drink. So says the Gemara, here's what's intriguing. How do we know that an Arusa does not drink? We know that based on the Psukim, which indicates to us what? Had there not been a Jurasha, I would have assumed that what? That an Arusa does drink. That she's like a regular married woman is and she does drink. Mar says, but how could that be? Vahaki Asravachabarchanina Midroma Biet when Rav Achabarchanina came from the south, Asava Aisi Masnisa Biade. He came and he brought the very important teaching with him. What was the important teaching? Mi Baladei Sheikh. Now both say the Pasik says, This is in the this is in the Klala of the Sota. This is when the coin is talking to the Sota. The at kisatis tachasi sheikh. You have become, you have defiled yourself. Another man has slept with you. Instead of your husband. And what it says? You see from here that what? That Sota only happens when she has had relations with her husband prior to the Meaning, means that you should have been living with your husband instead of living with this man, which indicates to us what? That the sota process only occurs when she is living with her husband, i.e., 
from Nisuin and on. So meaning we see from here that the Havamina really, I mean, what the Gemara is questioning is the Havamina. You, meaning you're, the Gemara is saying you're coming from a vantage point where without the Pesukim, I would have assumed that an Arusa does drink, and yet the Pesukim teach me that an Arusa does not drink. But says, I don't understand, the default should actually be what? That Narusa doesn't drink. Why? Because again, she's not yet living with her husband. Meaning, the whole issue of Sota is that she's having an intimate relationship with a man who's not with her husband. At the time that she should have been intimate with her husband, she's intimate with another man. So it should only apply to a state of marriage where intimacy is permitted, i.e., from Nisuin and on, but from Eros. And there should not be Sota. To which, to which the I'm sorry. Where they were, where they were, Oh, so the Gemara gives us, so the Gemara says, in a little bit different way, but the Gemara says, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't read it. Again, if you give her to drink in a state of erisin, what you're essentially allowing is for what? Is a situation where the Boal had relations with her, the adult had relations, before her husband did, and that seems to be an untenable situation. To which the Gemara says, Amrai Barchama, Mashkachas la Kigon, What's the case, Rabbi Osai? The case is where he had relations with her. The Gemara says, you're right. And you can't make her drink in all cases of Arison, but in a case of Arison where what? Where he did have relations with her. He did have relations with her prior to Nisuin. For example, he had relations with her while she was still living in her father-in-law's, in her father's home. So, so what what the Gemara answers over is something very interesting. Now, that's true. The Gemara could have answered that. Remember, we learned in Ksuvis that there were certain times. Interestingly enough, for example, in Yehuda, where they encouraged the Hassan and Kala to be misyachi together, to be alone with each other. Now, they weren't encouraging bia; they were encouraging getting to know each other. Of course, again, some people took this mandate a little too far. They got to know each other very well. So again, this this was this was this happened in Yehuda. The Gemara chooses not to give that answer for some reason, because I guess the Gemara wants a more global answer. So the Gemara says you could be talking about a case over here. When would you have a case where the Arusa would drink? It's a case where ultimately we know that man and woman had relations during Arusin. So they were married, but before Nisu and they had relations. So in that case, again, that's a situation where there was intimacy with the husband before intimacy with the adulterer, and in those circumstances she could drink. To which the Gemara says, but one second, remember, what did the Mishnah do? The Mishnah lumped, the Mishnah lumped Shom, Arusa with Shomeras Yavam together. So what would be the corresponding case by Shomeras Yavam? Tekavosa gabi Shomeras Yavam, kigon sheba aleha Yavam bebeis chameha. Well, say, what would be the corresponding case of Yibam? The corresponding case of Yibam would be that the brother-in-law had relations with his sister-in-law, not for the sake of Yibam, not for the sake of Yibam, but while she was still in her father, while she was still in her father's house. So the Gemara says, one second, what are you talking about? Hashomeras Yavam, Karsa Ishtomayasir. Well, say that doesn't work that way. By Yibam, by Yibam, what's the Once he has relations with her, so she becomes his wife. Oh, so the Gemara says, one second. So the Gemara says, Vahamarav, Kanalakol. Rav, excuse me, Vahamarav, Kanalakol. Vosei, Rav says that Rabosai, any kind of bia, any kind of bia, in other words, according to Rabosai, even if he's having relations with her, not for the sake of affecting marriage, but he's having relations with her for his nus purposes, according to Rav, it still goes ahead and affects Yibum. The Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, oh, we pass in like Shmuel. What does Shmuel say? So this, interestingly enough, is a fundamental machlokis between Rav and Shmuel. So we'll say, so Rav says that any time that the Yavam has Bia with the Yavama, it affects Yibam. 
It affects Yibam. It does not matter what his intent is. It doesn't matter what his machshava is. He has intent for Yibam. has intent for Znus. If he has relations with her, it affects Yibam. Shmuel says not true. Shmuel Paskin Zabosai that at the end of the day, the only thing that affects full Yibam ultimately is what? Kavana, Bia with Kavana to affect Yibam. But if he has Bia with Kavana, let's say just for his nus, just, just, for, just for immorality purposes, then Lemaise it only affects quasi Yibam. What does it mean to affect quasi Yibam? That anything that is stated in the Pasuk, ultimately he affects, but things that are not stated in the Pasuk, he does not. So for example, Rashi, we don't have time right now, but Rashi goes through the list of things. For example, he inherits the brother's estate. Certain things that are stated explicitly in the Torah are affected, but other things are not. To which the Gemara says, so now, now understand what we have over here. We have two fundamental machlokism. On one hand, one machlokis, machlokis A, is machlokis between Rabbi Yoshia and Rabbi Yonasan. What's that machlokis? Does a Shomeres Yavam drink or not? Rabbi Yoshia, yes. Rabbi Yoshia, yes. Rabbi Yonasan, no. And now we have another machlokis, Rav and Shmuel. Does Bia without Kavana, does Bia without Kavana work or not? Rav says yes. Rav says yes. And I will say, by the way, Rav's case is, he says, whatever the case is, it doesn't matter what the circum. If there's Bia, there's Yibum. Shmuel says, not necessarily. Only Bia with Kavana for Yibum affects full-fledged Yibum. Other Bios only affect what we call partial Yibum. To which the Gemara says, Perhaps we should say that what? Raf who holds, Raf who holds that any that bia, any kind of bia establishes ibum. Maybe he holds like Rabbi Yoshia, who holds Rabbi Yoshia holds that what that a shomeres yavam drinks. Look at Rashi. Leima Rav the Amar Kanala called Rabbi Yoshia the Amar shomeres yavam shosa. Vokim the Babala say that the case of the Mishnah is talking about what where he had relations with her even for the sake of not affecting marriage, and therefore again Rav would hold Rav would hold like Rabbi Yoshia, and therefore shomeres yavam would drink, and Shmuel would hold like Rabbi Yonasan. Shmuel who holds that what that again only beer with kavana affects ibum will hold like Rabbi Yonasan who says that what. That a Shomeras Yavam does not drink. And what would be the case of the Mishnah? The case of the Mishnah would be where the Yavam had relations with the Yavama, not for the sake of affecting Yibum. And therefore, in that case, she would not drink the Mesota. To which the Gemara will say, just quickly, let's just finish up the sugya. Amr the Rav, Rav would say no. Rav says no. I, my Shita even goes like Rabbi Yonasan. How so? I will say the fact that the Pasuk, that I need a Pasuk to exclude Arus, to exclude Shomer Asiyavam, ultimately from what? From, from drinking, that tells me that what? Michlal the Ishtam Ma'al Yasehi. That teaches me from the fact that you need a Pasuk to exclude indicates to me that what? That ultimately, again, the Shomer Asiyavam is the full-fledged wife, even after what? Even after a Bia without Kavana. Ushmuel Kapav Chafei, Ushmuel Amar, Anand Amiya Filur Rabbi Yoshia. Shmuel Bosayu holds that only a beer with Kavana affects Yibum, says that I can hold even according to Rabbi Yoshia. How so? To teach me the Pasuk Ultim, to teach me the fact that she has to drink, the Shemar Yavim has to drink, Michlal Delav Ishtohi teaches me that what? That she's not the full-fledged wife. Why? Because she only becomes the full-fledged wife when Rabbi Osai, at the time ultimately again, 
at the time ultimately when there is a bia with kavana. So both say, so this machlok is between Rabbi Yoshia and Rabbi Yonasan still stands. We don't have resolution on that. So we again, what, what we agree on is that a shomeras yavam, excuse me, what we agree on is that an arusa does not drink. That everybody agrees with. The machlokis is shomeras yavam. Rabbi Yoshia says she drinks. Rabbi Yonasan says she does not drink. That machlokis still stands. What about the machlokis Rav and Shmuel? About, again, about under what circumstances Lamaisa again, Bia is Kona. So remember, Rav says any kind of Bia is Kona by Yibum. Shmuel says only Bia by Kavana. So say, so here the Shulchan Aruch in Evan Ezer, Simen Kuf Samech Vav, Sif Zayin, writes, Hava al Yevimto, if a man has relations with his Yevama, Bain Beshogeg, whether by accident, he thought he was cleaning the dishes, you know, whatever it is. So, bein b'shogeg, bein l'shumznus, whatever the case is. So, again, the shulchan arach paskins, the halacha is that that affects yibum. So, we paskin again, like Rav, that whatever the bia, whether whatever the kavanas are, whatever it is, bia between the yavam and the yavama automatically affects yibum. So, we'll stop over here for today, but we'll pick up on chafiyam and Aleph tomorrow. Sorry? At least, at least this one. At least this one.